Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast, episode number 18. I'm your host, Jennifer Jelliff Russell. On today's show, I'll be interviewing creative entrepreneur and CEO Gigi Mortimer about her journey from being an accessories designer for companies like Ralph Lauren and Tori Birch to starting the company iJust, which creates blue light blocking screen protectors for your computers and handheld technology. In my personal update, I'll talk about best laid plans and National Novel Writing Month or NaNoWriMo, which is coming up in November, guys. All right, on to my personal update. This week, I'd planned to talk about a book that really helped me dive into business with a different perspective, but I didn't have the chance to reread it before this recording. So I'm putting that talk off until next week. But hey, you know, if you want to check it out before next week's podcast, it's called Zilch, The Power of Zero in Business by Nancy Lublin. Came out in like 2010, so chances are that you'll be able to find it at your local library. Okay, onwards and upwards, guys. So this last weekend was our last farmer's market, and all the produce that we couldn't sell then went to a local food pantry. I've pulled almost everything else out of the garden that I can right now since the nights here in Maine have been dropping into the 30s lately. Winter is coming, you guys, so (laughs) I'm ready for a little bit of snow to fly, honestly, and to have the wood stove going. So awesome news, you guys. I also just finished my first draft of the next book in my urban fantasy series, Go Magic Yourself. It's the third book in the Artemis Necklace series. It came in at about 75,000 words, which was a bit less than I had anticipated. I'm sure that I will go back in and have to add some information. I'm sure it has, you know, some plot holes that I'll have to sew up in the editing process. But, you know, the cool part is that I was able to write this first draft in just a little over a month. And I've never done that before. You know, I always take a really long time, I feel like, to write first draft because I kind of give excuses not to write every day. Um, So this time I made sure that I wrote every day at least 1,500 words and I used a word count tracker tool from the NaNoWriMo website. So NaNoWriMo stands for National Novel Writing Month. And if you've ever considered writing a novel, then participating in NaNoWriMo is a really fantastic way to start and it's completely free to use. So the way that it works is you start on November 1st for NaNoWriMo and you start writing and try to get to 50,000 words in the month of November. I started doing this back in 2014 and have been kind of hit and miss for participating every year or actually winning, which is when you get to that 50,000 word mark. You can actually use NaNoWriMo's website at any time to take advantage of the tools that they have there. I really love their word tracker tool. I just create a project on the site. I name it. I tell it how many words that I'm shooting for and I set a date for when I want to finish. And then the tool will let me know how many words that I need to write each day to reach that goal. And what I do is I just go in and update it each day of how many words I've written. And they even give you all kinds of like statistics on how you're doing and it just helps you really kind of stay on track and do the word count that you say that you're going to do. So that really honestly helped me to stay on track this time. I really feel like using that tool helped me to get to that 75,000 words a lot more quickly for that third book. So I'm going to keep using it to knock out a new steamy romance series that I've been toying with and I'm hoping to finish at least two, maybe three of those books by November so that I can start a new book for NaNoWriMo and 
steamy romance that's going to be a little bit shorter than my normal urban fantasy series. So that should go hopefully a little bit more quickly than even writing the third book of the Artemis Necklace series took. So guys, if you have been thinking about writing a book, come and join me in November for NaNoWriMo. I'm going to create a group just for us and we can cheer each other on during the process. And it doesn't matter what kind of book you've been thinking about writing. It could be any genre and Basically, you're just committing to, I'm going to write 50,000 words in November. So, you know, one other thing to kind of keep in mind about NaNoWriMo is when I say, you know, write a book in one month, you're not creating a finished product in one month. You're creating a first draft. So the majority of writers don't, you know, spin gold on their first try. They write the first draft and then they go back and they edit and then they have a professional editor have a go at it. So, you know, don't feel daunted by the idea of your book having to be perfect in that first draft. All you're trying to do is you're just trying to get the idea out of your head and onto the computer screen. And that's that's really it, especially for NaNoWriMo. I will definitely talk more about NaNoWriMo as we get closer to November, but I will drop a link to the site in the show notes so you guys can check it out. All right, on to the interview with Gigi Mortimer. So today I'm here with Gigi Mortimer, who was previously an accessories designer for Ralph Lauren and Tori Birch. Now, Gigi is the CEO of iJust, which produces blue light blocking screen protectors for tablets, phones, and computers to reduce digital eye strain and improve your sleep. So I think this is kind of something that we could all find useful right now as we increase our screen time during these remote working days of the pandemic. So I'm super excited to have Gigi here today. Welcome to the show, Gigi. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It is such a pleasure to be here. One of the things I just want to, before we really jump into this, is you guys were kind enough to send me some of you guys' iJust products. And so I've added an iJust screen protector to my iPhone. I've also added one to my Mac computer. And, you know, I was kind of skeptical initially. I was kind of like, okay, how, how much of a difference is this going to make? And I had actually been having issues sleeping prior to adding the iJust screens, like falling asleep. And man, once I added the iJust screens, it sounds crazy, but I have been much more able to fall asleep so much more quickly. And so they obviously are making some kind of a difference. I've really liked them so far. Well, that is amazing to hear. What happens in the brain is basically blue light is triggering our brain to waking up. Hmm. And, you know, we as humans, we wake up when the sun comes up, there's blue light in the sky. And, and so we are programmed and our brain is programmed to wake up when it senses that blue light. And when I learned about this and read about this in studies from Harvard, I realized that was what was keeping my son up at night because he would grab his iPad after I put him to bed and he'd watch movies under his covers. And I had <laughs> no idea what was going on. And one night I caught him and took it away. This was about five years ago. I was also 24 seven on my phone. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, I'd email colleagues and I was not getting a good night's sleep. And I realized that it was probably the blue light that was keeping us all up. So I dove into this and I started researching it. And I realized that if I was having these issues, other families must also be having problems like this. And my background had been in accessory design. One of the things I had done was design optical and sunglasses. So I knew how to block light. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, I can make blue light blocking glasses. Mm. And my, this will help my son get a better night's sleep. So the aha moment was really putting the blue light blocking technology onto a screen protector because I knew my son was not going to put on glasses every time he looked at his screen. Right. When you kind of realized 
this isn't just something that my son needs. Maybe everybody could really benefit from this. This is something everybody needs. How did you go from that aha moment to beginning the actual process of turning this into a screen protector product? Well, I I really did a lot of the research. And to talk about what blue light does, first, it triggers the brain to thinking it's daytime. So it disrupts your sleep. And I started thinking a lot about the cumulative effects of kids not sleeping. And sleep, we all know, is like the cornerstone to our health. It's when we process our learning, memories. It's when human growth hormone is produced. Mm. We all know if we don't sleep well, we don't eat well. We run for like French fries and hamburgers and pizza. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so we're also a lot grumpier. And I read a study where it said that 70% of kids aren't getting enough sleep. And I knew with my son was spending more and more time on his screens. And I really was so concerned about sleep and blue light. The other thing is that blue light penetrates all the way back to the retina and damages the photoreceptor cells in the eye. And once they're gone, they're gone for good. And third, much like the sun, blue light prematurely ages your skin. And I grew up in Bermuda before sunblock. So I spent many, many hours in the sun without sunblock, but I also know now I wouldn't spend eight hours a day. If I was outside, I wouldn't be outside without sunblock. We're spending, you know, up to eight hours a day staring at screens. And so why aren't we protecting ourselves from this? So after the research, then I realized I wanted to get into the blue light blocking technology, which actually was originally developed by NASA. The welders for the spaceships obviously had very, very bright light. So they developed the blue light blocking technology. So I worked with somebody and got it onto the screens. Then we tested it like crazy. Mm. And we went to UC Irvine, Department of Ophthalmology at the Gavin Herbert Eye Institute and did an independent research um, where we tested our screens against all other screen protectors and also how much HEV, which is the high energy visible light, is blocked. And we were so thrilled with our results, which was great. Wow. There's so many moving parts to even just getting this started. How did you go about connecting with some of these folks, even just initially, like you said, just to design the product correctly so that it blocks the blue light you had to connect with, you said a scientist. Was that somebody you already knew? Did you just Google them? We were very lucky um, in meeting the ophthalmologist from UC Irvine. I went to TechCrunch and we brought our product when we were just launching to TechCrunch. And luckily he was in the booth next to us and he was very curious about our product. He was wondering about the claims. And I said, listen, I will give you some and you can test them. And he he loved that idea. It was independently tested. We didn't pay him anything. And we were really thrilled with the results because the other thing we were, we were being asked a lot was because there are some software solutions. There's Flux and Night Shift. And people were saying, well, I have Flux and Night Shift. Why do I need iJust as well? Mm. Um, Flux and Night Shift are amazing. They also dim the screen and change it to a sort of a yellow cast. Mm. And a lot of people don't like that. So our screen protectors are absolutely clear. They hardly change the look or color of the screen. Mm -hmm. And also they can be used really well in sync with those apps. Hmm. So we met the uh, ophthalmologist at TechCrunch. And, you know, I think somehow, you know, when you have a project in mind, you start networking and things Mm -hmm. kind of fall into place, I guess. 
You mentioned some suggestions on top of applying an eye screen to your device of some other ways that we could maybe reduce our eye strain. Um, do you have any other suggestions on how to do that? Well, we, we really try and teach people how to be smart about their tech. So one of the first things you should do is dim the brightness on your phone and on your computer, about 50%. The second thing to do is if you're feeling tired, blurry eyes, if you're getting headaches, then the best thing to do is to look up and look as far away as you possibly can and look there for 20 seconds every 20 minutes. So if you're on your computer every 20 minutes, look up 20 feet away for 20 seconds. And it's called the 20-20-20 rule. The other thing is, is hold your devices further away from your eyes. Children tend to hold their devices much closer to their eyes. And if you are ever looking at it in a dimly lit room, this is really not great because your pupils are dilated. So even more blue light is penetrating to your brain and making it more difficult for you to fall asleep because it suppresses your melatonin and it'll change your body's circadian rhythm. And your circadian rhythm manages your sleep and wake cycles and your metabolism. Did you find that you had any fears about moving forward with your idea when you either when you very first had the idea or when you were starting to do the research for it? Did you have to tackle any fears about, you know, moving forward? You know, it's such an interesting question. There's always sort of a fear of, uh, you know, starting a project. But I was at a time in my life, I had had a big career in fashion. I raised my kids and I found that this was now time for me to follow what I love to do, follow my mm. passions. And this product really combined a lot of what I love is science, health and wellness, helping people. And I thought, this is how I want to spend my time. So I felt that if I didn't do this, I was going to really regret it when I was 80 years old. And so I wasn't really afraid to fail because I felt like I was going to learn so much in the process. And, you know, you fail and then you pick yourself up and you keep going and you, you keep learning from your failures. So I really wasn't afraid to fail. Mm. You mentioned some of the similarities in what you had been doing before and this one. Did you feel like there were a lot of similarities in the process of designing iJust with your experience in design? Well, I think product design, no matter what the product is, it's all very similar. I, my first job was in a shoe factory when I was 16 years old. And I've been to so many factories throughout the years, whether it was shoes or handbags, or scarves or printing. And so it's always a process. And I always am very hands-on and really like that working with factories to get something done and created and taking their skills and combining my ideas with their skills. What would you say were your biggest hurdles or maybe challenges in the beginning of the process of starting up iJust? I guess the, the biggest hurdle initially was educating people about blue light. Um, now I feel with everything e-learning and working from home and people are spending so much more time on their screens. In fact, they say it's like 30% more time on screens. So I think for the first time, people are really starting to feel the effects of blue light. And so I think the education initially was very difficult. Now we're really focusing on scaling. So that's our next, you know, that's the next thing we're focusing on. Hmm. It seems like there's always a new challenge, right? <laughs> always a new challenge, but it's always sort of fun to take on that challenge. And it's part of the creative process. It's like, okay, how can we get to the next stage? 
Mm. We mentioned earlier that, um, and, and just now, that you were an accessories designer. And I've read some articles, you know, in, in preparing for this interview where you were described as an accessories designer and socialite before you started iJust. And now you're described in current articles as creative entrepreneur, which is awesome. I'm just wondering, did you experience any pushback for, you know, stepping outside the box of accessories designer when you very first started iJust? <laughs> well, the funny thing was when I told my husband and I said, you know, I have this crazy idea and I want to go out and make blue light blocking screen protectors because I realized that this is what was keeping us up at night. And he said, you're going to do what? <laughs> and I said, I just have to do this. I just, and that's, I was like, wait, that's the name of my company. I just. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I guess there was a little bit of pushback, but I realized it was going to be something that when I was 80 years old and I look back, I would regret it if I didn't do this. Hmm. And was that kind of the thing that you have fallen back on when you encounter those naysayers of being like, no, like I will regret it if I don't do this. So forget what they're saying. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, that's probably why I didn't feel like I was going to, I think when I reached that decision, I didn't feel like I was going to be, if I failed, I wasn't going to be a afraid to fail because I decided like I was going to do this and mm. I was going to give it a try. I loved my phone. I, I felt like it was the ultimate accessory. It was never more than a meter away from the hands of men, women, and children. Mm -hmm. It was like a brain in your pocket. And I loved it, but I wanted to make it healthier for myself and for my family. So that's how I thought, well, if I could block the blue light, it won't disrupt my sleep. And sleep is what was, was sort of the cornerstone to health. So mm -hmm. that's how it all came about. And I thought, and I've got to give it a try because if I don't, somebody else will, and then I'll regret it. What personal habit would you say has helped you the most to be successful in turning your iJust idea into a, a tangible physical product? <laughs> well, I have a habit, it's, it's, and I even have a notepad. And on the top of the notepad, it says, eat the frog, which is a saying from Mark Twain. And basically, it's like, don't procrastinate about the worst thing that you have to do. Accomplish the most uncomfortable and distasteful thing first thing in the morning and get it off the plate. And I think having that sort of a mindset, I sort of wake up every morning early and I do the worst thing I have to do first thing in the morning and it kind of just clears the day. I think that's something I'm probably going to have to implement in my own uh, personal habits. It really, really works. Because procrast you can spend a tremendous amount of time procrastinating about stuff. Yeah, I'm a writer, so tell me about it. No. <laughs> so in your in your previous role as a designer, you really regularly tapped into like your artistic side to create the accessories. Do you find yourself tapping into your artistic side as much as CEO of iJust, or do you find like other ways to tap into that creative side? Absolutely tap into the creative side. I realized that creativity is what makes me happy. It's what I mm. like to do. So when I was designing the branding for the product, I went to Art Basel in Miami and I really immersed myself in the art. And that was a great place to find inspiration for the branding and the logo, which we won an award for, which was really exciting. That's awesome. Right now we're working a lot on videos, which I find is very creative because <laughs> I've never done it before. <laughs> it's really fun to continue to learn to do new things and also to take a creative point of view whenever you're working on a project. 
I'm sure that running the organization probably has its daily stressors. What do you do to like relax or recharge? Well, I love, um, well, I guess exercise. I always am outside. I love to go outside. It's so good for you, obviously. If you've been staring at a computer all day long, one of the best things you can do for your eyes is to go outside and look very far distances. Hmm. I also am an avid gardener hmm. and I love listening to podcasts while I garden. What do you actually garden? So every year I take on sort of a new gardening or outdoor project. So I've done vegetables and flowers now. I've recently put in what I call a stone fruit garden. So I've planted cherry trees, a peach tree, and a plum tree. So hmm. I'm working on that. Um, I also, I sort of feel that, you know, I love working in the outdoors. And so I always am sort of doing anything to sort of fix up the natural surroundings I possibly mm. can, as well as my own vegetable garden. And I also have taken on animals, chickens. Oh I have a couple cows and a pig. Oh my, wow. <laughs> you have a real farm going on over there. Well, very small, but it's really fun. Yeah. Oh, and I have bees too. Oh, you have bees. Oh, wow. That's really nice, honestly, for, for the gardening part, because then you have, you have your pollinators right there. Right. They make a huge difference to the amount of produce. It does. Yes. Yes. What do you think that you would have missed out on had you not designed this product and started the company? Well, I think uh, there's so many people that I have um, learned. I, it has taken me um, to TED, to the Wall Street Journal Tech Conference. I've met so many interesting people that were outside of my original circle. And it was, I was at a point in my life where I really wanted and wanted my own business, mm -hmm. which would keep me working and learning for the rest of my life because my children were grown up and finally I could do what I wanted to do. And what advice would you give to our listeners out there who maybe have an idea for a product of their own, but they're not really sure where to start? Well, I think you have to really make sure that you want to do it every day <laughs> right? because it takes so much energy. And so you have to be very passionate about this and know that this is what you wanted to wake up and do every single day for many, many years to come. And if the answer is yes, then start. I think start small and don't worry about perfection because you can improve as you grow and be prepared to pivot. Hmm. Gotcha. I think that's good advice. Where can people find iJust products online, Gigi? So iJust is available at iJust.com and we are also on Goop and hoping to become to more retailers in the future. Yeah. And you guys also have an Instagram page too, right? Yes. iJust. And on our Instagram page, we like to really talk about tech tips and sort of good habits around tech because mm. we're all spending more time staring at screens now than we do sleeping. So it's really important to be smart about our tech. Yes, definitely right now, like we were saying, in these sort of COVID times of everything being virtual, most definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Gigi. Thank you, Jennifer. It was a great pleasure to chat with you. Speaking with Gigi about how she started iJust was really interesting. One of the things that I really wanted to point out was when she talked about the actual process of testing the products and how that took time. And then by attending TechCrunch to talk about their blue light blocking products, they just happened to be set up beside someone who ended up being able to help them achieve their goals. The point that I want to make here is that sometimes when people on the outside look at a company that seems to have its shit together, we kind of think that that company must have had it easy to get where they are, right? What we don't see 
see is all the work that the people behind that company did to get where they are. And that's honestly part of the reason that I started this podcast. I wanted to highlight the journeys that these women embarked on in order to reach their goals because we tend to see the finished product and think, wow, you know, must be nice. And we kind of just, you know, write off all of the hard work that they did or that they put into building their business because, again, we're just seeing the end result or we are seeing when they reach that level of success where their products are in front of us and we just miss the first part where they were slogging through the early stages of their business. So again, that's kind of one of the reasons that I started this podcast. That brings me to the second thing that stood out to me in Gigi's interview. So Gigi talks about not wanting to look back when she's in her 80s and having regret for not going after the thing that she was passionate about. This is huge, you guys. This is one of the fears that can actually be kind of beneficial. As with Gigi, this fear of potential regret can be the catalyst that gets us moving to take steps towards our goals. For me, my fear was to regret not starting this podcast. I sat on this podcast for at least a year, you guys, before I actually started taking actionable steps towards making it a reality. And the thing that made me record that first interview and get started was the fear of going one more month without getting this idea of go find out out into the world. I didn't want to spend another night laying in bed thinking, man, I should have done something towards starting my podcast today. You spend too many of those nights in regret and pretty soon they turn into weeks, then months, then years. It's all too easy to just not ever start. And it's harder to take those first steps. But if you don't take them, then you'll never achieve your goals. So listeners, I want to hear what dreams you don't want to regret missing out on. Tweet me at GFO Podcast or you can find me at Go Find Out Podcast on Instagram and let me know your goals in the comments of any of my recent posts. I would love to hear from you. Okay, you awesome ladies. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that there's, you know, a nugget of information in there that helps you. Join me next time when I interview Wendy Izell about her journey to create fertile affirmations cards, which are a mindfulness-based tool that helps motivate and support individuals and couples who are trying to build a family. I'll also have a giveaway coming up to go along with Wendy's episode, and I'll be giving away boxes of fertile affirmations cards to two lucky winners. So keep your eyes on Instagram and the Facebook page for more information. All right, that's it for today. Now go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own Go Find Out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out. <laughs>